Hello, everybody. This is Mike Van Meter from the Recovery is Possible podcast. And I want to thank you for joining me. And, and you can reach out to us on our Facebook site, which is also called Recovery is Possible, or our website, which is vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. And, um, you know, as you know, this podcast exists to educate the public about addiction, to remove the stigma associated with addiction, and to offer help and support to those suffering from addiction. So today I want to talk about... Um, well, first of all, this is January 1st, 2020, which is uh, the first day of the year. This is also going to be the first episode of Season 2 of the Recovery is Possible podcast. So those of you that have been listening to me uh, in in 2020, I want to thank you, and I want to thank you for spreading this podcast to those that need it, whether they are in recovery or whether they need to be in recovery. And, um, you know, I hope that, that's, that this podcast helps people because that's what this is all about. And uh, as we go into 2021, I just want to actually go back to some of the basics of recovery, because I think sometimes that's something that needs to to be done, because, you know, I, I go to a lot of different recovery types of meetings, and I watch a lot of videos, listen to a lot of recordings, and, and I'm on a lot of different Facebook sites. And something that I have noticed in um, my time in recovery is it seems like there are more and more people that come into recovery groups that have very strong opinions about recovery that actually are not in recovery, meaning that they don't really have any time in recovery and they've not demonstrated success themselves, but yet they exhibit very, very strong opinions about what recovery is all about. And I uh, you know, bless those people for coming in, and I'm and I'm glad that they're they're looking for um, you know wellness themselves. But I heard it said to me early on that it's very difficult for you to give away what you don't have, and what they meant by that was if you do not have sobriety yourself, meaning that you're not putting together time of successful recovery, then you're probably not truly in recovery. And for you to give opinions to other people without being able to demonstrate uh, being in recovery yourself it's it's kind of it's it's difficult it's difficult and it's probably not good to do that i know that there's a lot of meetings that i've gone to that have told you that unless you have about a year of sobriety that you really should not be um, giving advice to to people in in the meeting that sounds harsh that sounds cold i know it does and and i apologize if that offends anyone that's listening to me right now, but the longer I'm around recovery myself, the more I realize that that actually is some wise advice. And the reason why I'm addressing that is because I have seen, and particularly in 2020 with the lockdowns and, and people being away from recovery meetings and being away from, you know, one-on-one meetings and, and, you know, that fellowship that we have face-to-face, I, you know, I'm seeing a lot of relapses. I'm seeing people really struggle with their recovery and it's troublesome to me. And there's this mentality now that, you know, people can use occasionally, can use other substances if it's not their drug of choice. For example, you know, people that have stopped drinking start uh, smoking marijuana, or uh, if you have a heroin addiction or an opiate pill of, uh, uh, addiction, that drinking might be okay. And it's not. It absolutely is not. Now, um, it may work for a little while. It might be something that you can do uh, without too much harm for just a little bit. But understand that addiction is a progressive disease. 
And even though you might be able to drink or drug for a short period of time, it's not going to stay there. And if you're listening to my voice right now, if you're listening to this podcast, you likely have experienced that and you understand the truth behind what I'm saying. This isn't Mike's opinion. This is just, it's the way that it is. It just is the way that it is. We cannot safely drink or drug uh, at all. And the fact is that if you've been to a treatment facility or if you've been told that you need to go to a treatment facility or you've been to an emergency room or a detox center, you understand the truth behind what I'm saying. If you could have safely drug or drank before, then you would have continued to doing, doing that. And the, the fact is you would not be listening to this podcast right now. I mean, that's just the cold, hard fact behind it. And there's a lot of science that goes on behind this. You understand that there is a genetic predisposition towards addiction. If you are an addict right now, you have someone in your family line that had a genetic predisposition towards uh, addiction. Now, you might say, well, I don't know anybody in my family that that had that. Well, the fact that you don't know about it doesn't mean that it didn't exist or didn't occur. Understand that generations in in the past did not openly talk about addictions that they had. You know, it's not likely that you're, you know, pe- your your parents or your parents are going to be talking about great granddad's sexual addiction or alcoholism. You know, they may, but there's a good chance that they they have not. So, uh, just because you're not aware of it does not mean that it did not happen, but there's a lot of studies out there that talk about the fact that there is that 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 predisposition. And if you are someone that has gotten to the point to where you've lost control and you've lost a job, you've lost a family, you've lost friends, uh, you, you, you've burned those relationships and you've gotten to the point to where you need to, to attend a recovery meeting to begin with, then, then you really just need to stop using what you're using. After all, you know, if it would have worked for you before, then you'd still be using it. And, you know, we have in our mind that we need, that we want to go back and use the substance that brought us to our knees in the first place. It's, it's like that relationship that you're in that's a very dysfunctional relationship. You know, you love that girlfriend, you love that boyfriend, but, uh, on one hand, but they're, they're crazy and they're trying to kill you and they're destroying your life. And everybody in the, in the world is saying, you know what? You should break up with that person, but you're like, but I love them or they're attractive or whatever it is that, that keeps you with that person. But everybody around you says that they're bad for you. Frankly, you know that they're bad for you, and you need to get away with them. Well, that's kind of what drugs and alcohol are to us. And I've, I've often found it interesting, if you've been to meetings, where people talk about how giving up the bottle or giving up a drug was like going through a divorce. It was like giving up a very dysfunctional person. And, and they always... You know, you hear people talk about how giving that up is like having a bad breakup. And if you think about it, we, you know, here we are equating our drinking or a drugging to, uh, or being synonymous with a person. You, you break up with a person. You don't break up with an inanimate object. But it's funny how we, we look at drugs or alcohol as our companion. And we want to do away, you know, we want to keep that companion even though they are destroying our lives. So that's the hold that it has on it. Now understand that addiction is a form of mental illness, right? And it is a it is that that uh, disease that tells you that you don't have the disease. 
It tells you that you don't have it. So while you're destroying yourself, your brain is telling you that you're not destroying yourself, and that's going against all evidence that is being presented to you. And it's interesting that this was recognized early on, you know, in the the 1930s. uh, Those of you that are familiar with the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous know that uh, there was a man named Dr. Silkworth who was asked... uh, to write a forward in the uh, the book of Alcoholics Anonymous and to give what was known as the doctor's opinion on what he thought of it. And uh, based on what I just told you right now, listen to what this man had to say. And this was written in the 1930s, and it's from a chapter in uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous big book, which is the primary text that is used uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and here's what he said. This is Dr. Sil- Silkworth. We believe, and so suggested a few years ago, that the action of alcohol on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy. Now, listen to what he says there, that this this is an allergy, that what we have is an allergy. And, he, and he's talking about alcohol here. And you might think, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, we, we don't have an allergy towards alcohol. Well, if you go to Webster's Dictionary, Webster's Dictionary defines an allergy as the body having an abnormal reaction to a substance. An abnormal reaction to a substance. Now, if I, uh, you know, I live here in Virginia, and so when in the spring when when the flowers start to bloom and the uh, trees start, you know, the leaves start coming back, I, I get crippled by allergies every single year. I start sneezing. I start coughing. Um, in years past, I've had to take almost a week off from work before because I literally could not function. My allergies were that bad. So imagine if... Somebody said to me, well, you know what your problem is, Mike, um, if you went to church more often, if you loved your wife more, if you loved your children more, if you were a better employee, if you went to the gym more often, all those things that we have all heard in the past, if you just did those things, then you wouldn't sneeze, you wouldn't cough, you wouldn't be crippled, and you would say to yourself, well, what does one have to do with the other? What does me going to church or loving my wife or going to the gym more often have to do with my, my allergies? And the answer is nothing. But the same is true if, you've had a, if you have a drinking problem or a drug, drug problem. You've probably heard people say the same thing to you. You know, if you just worked out more, if you just, you know, were a better employee, if you went to church more often— you wouldn't do these things. Somehow they tie it to you being a better person or a moral person. But you knew deep down inside that that had nothing to do with it. You are a good person. It had nothing to do with being a good or bad. It was, it was, you just couldn't control it. Well, that's what an allergy is, according to Webster's dictionary. Okay, so he goes on to say this, that the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class of dr- this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. So for those that, that don't have that genetic predisposition, this craving that's being talked about does not ever occur with him. These allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. Did you hear that? These allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. And once having had, having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. Now, is that not true? And we can't rely upon things 
human, meaning going to the gym, going to church, working out more, talking to people more in the, you know, it just, it just does not work. Okay. We, it just does not work because if it did work, then you would have done that. And then he goes on to say, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. The message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. Now, um, that is so true. And I know that in my own case, it wasn't until I started working towards a higher objective and having a purpose other than just my own personal purposes for existing and wanting to get well, becoming part of a movement, a part of an organization, a part of a mission greater than myself, I did not start to get better. And maybe you can relate to that as well. And I know that in my own personal life, what happened with me was I, I just threw myself into a, a recovery program. I learned everything that I could, and that's the argument having de- depth and width, and that was learning as much as I could, behind the science behind addiction, um, really exploring why I drank in the, in the first place and dealing with that, and then most importantly, working with other people. Because it is so true that while I'm trying to work with other people and help them get well, it really helps me get well and stay well. And that's been the important thing. This this podcast, which you're listening to right now, is a part of that, is, is finding that new mission, finding that thing that I can do to help other people along the way. And so, again, today's message is, folks, if you are listening to, the, to my voice and you are the one that needs help, really the answer is to discontinue drinking altogether or drugging altogether, anything that is mood-altering at all, that is the best course of action. I don't care what people tell you. I have seen very few successful stories of people that went back to drinking and drugging and did not relapse and go back to where they were or even become worse. So with that, folks, uh, I hope this is helpful for you. And I, you know, I, I just want to, even though I mention a particular group here tonight, I don't represent any group and I don't represent anyone other than myself. And my only purpose in giving you this information is to share with you what I've done and, and give you my experience and hopefully it will help you as well. And if I said something here tonight that uh, you don't agree with or you don't like or uh, offends you, just leave it behind, you know. But if there is something that I did say that can help you, and help you improve your life or the life of a, a family member or a friend, then, then take that. Because that's what we do in recovery. We help ourselves along the way, and we help to impart our knowledge to help others. So with that, again, please visit our Facebook page. It's called Recovery is Possible, and our website, vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. Let me know if there's uh, anything that you'd like for me to talk about. Let me know how I'm doing. I'd love to hear from you. Guys, take care of yourself. This is the beginning of Season 2, and this is Session 1 of Season 2 in the Recovery is Possible podcast. Guys, take care, and we will be talking with you soon. Thank you.